world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, talking to Blazers. Saturday loss to the Jazz, a game they rallied back late and went to OT before coming up short in the final 90 seconds of overtime. We'll recap that one. We'll talk uh, We'll talk about the controversial, honestly, the final 90 seconds of, of overtime and two highlight dunks for the ages. Plus, I think Scoot Henderson just played the best game of his NBA career. He's slowly trending up all of that in today's show. But let's start doing what we do. Your fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 118-113 in overtime against the shorthanded Jazz. Jazz playing without Lowry Markkinen, playing without Kelly Olynyk, playing out without Jordan Clarkson. So they're starting Keonta George and Oshai Baji and Omer Yurtsevin and John Collins and Simone Fontecchio. Like, this is a winnable road game against the Blazers who are mostly healthy other than Amphrey Simons and Rob Williams is out for the year. So, um, longer tail on that one but uh you know this was a a winnable road game and the Blazers were um they were never really out of it out of it but they found themselves down for for the majority of the game down they actually had a lead after one 24 21 but things got out of control in that second quarter found themselves down by as many as 16 and they go into the breakdown 12 44 56 uh they've had back-to-back stinker first halves right they had they had a struggle in cleveland with they only had 40 points they had 44 against utah in the first half like they're just not shooting the ball well um jeremy grant 0 of 6 in that first half just two points uh, like i said jazz led by as many as 16 and the blazers like we've seen them do so many times before, just stay in the mix. They stay in the fight. It's, it's kind of a, the staple of this team is that um, they are they are nearly every night keeping themselves within you know a couple big uppercuts away from a knockout, but in 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 range. And after three quarters, they cut it to six late in the third quarter, but it went back. It's back up to ten heading into the fourth, seventy four eighty four, and with seven minutes left in the game, they're still down eleven. And they make a late charge, led by Shaden Sharp. Uh, the, the Blazers made the late charge with a bench against Cleveland tonight. It was uh, putting the starters back in. Shaden Sharp comes back in, gets a, gets a, a layup, nice move on the right-hand side, gets a little step-back three-pointer to go, and then detonates in the final three minutes on a Walker Kessler, only for the Blazers to do it again and get to Monty Kamara's who dunk on Walker Kessler about 40 seconds later, a couple possessions later. Um, we will talk about those big old dunks, but like we're talking highlight full contact rear back and dunk over a shot blocker dunks in the final three minutes of a game that was still in the balance. Uh, it was it was a bunch of fun. We'll spend a little more time talking about those dunks uh, later in the show, but let, let's get out, get through the recap. So, Blazers down three, clock ticking under a minute. Malcolm Brogdon takes a deep left wing three, cash with 39.3 seconds left. He nodded his head like, yeah, you better believe it. Portland gets a stop. Has a chance to has have has a chance can't score, and then Utah's going to run the other way. Not take a timeout. I am. Um, Born in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I am very much in favor of not taking a timeout with a clock running under 10 seconds. Just go. Just go. You don't want them to set up your defense. You want to just go. And and they just go. Colin Sexton, who's been really good all night, kind of uh, takes his time. Looks like he's going to take a step back three. Leverages that kind of look to get all the way to the rim. There's a moment there when he's got his shoulders square to the rim. He is past the free throw line. And it's like, are they going to give up a just a just a unguarded uncontested layup to lose the game 
darn. And then Tumani Kamara comes out of nowhere, blocks it off the glass. Uh, Colin Sexton kind of lost the ball on the way up, but Tumani chased him down after getting beat off the dribble, chased him down, threw it off the glass. Uh, that one, that's, the horn goes off, that's a regulation. Game is tied at 106 apiece, and we head to overtime. Uh, Blazers twice, you know, had multiple possession leads in OT, but they just couldn't hang on. Actually, one of them was a fake multi-possession lead. I, I, I take that back. They had a three, they looked like they went up five on a three-pointer, but it was eventually waved off. Um, because it was after the shot clock, which was confusing, right? Because you kind of play those possessions maybe a little bit differently. You still want to score, but you play maybe play them a little bit differently if you're uh, if you know what what the deal is. But Tumani Kamara had a bank three up against the shot clock that ended up getting waved off. But you know, Blazers briefly took a four point lead even before that, but just just couldn't hang on. And really, it comes down to sort of a controversial fi- final ninety seconds. Um, not particularly controversial as far as the NBA's last two minute report. Um, s- says you know when you get games that go into OT you get the full two minute report and all of overtime the Blazers um, the, the these calls as, as the league has reviewed them did, did not go back the Blazers way the, the league didn't like do one of those totally not very totally useless and just like generally not very comforting like yes we got this wrong you lost goodbye but it did feel like the Blazers got some challenging calls and speaking of challenges that's a word we need to talk about here a little bit um but the Blazers, let's just finish up a fast recap in the West real quick. They don't come up with the plays they need. The Jazz take the lead. And uh, a late a late miss layup by Malcolm Brogdon and a bucket inside by the Jazz and a put a putback bucket inside by the Jazz. And Portland comes up just short when an ISO drive from Shaden Sharp doesn't finish and they're forced to foul late and they lose 118-113. That's your fastest recap in the West. Malcolm Brogdon, 25 points to go with five boards and six assists. Shaden Sharp, really good down the stretch of this game. 25 points, five boards and four assists in his own right. 10 and 11 for uh, DeAndre Ayton. Jeremy Grant, nine points on one of nine shooting, um, got hurt with eight minutes and 25 seconds left in this game, um, pretty clearly suffered some head trauma, I'll mention this later in the show, um, and left and did not return for the final 12 minutes, so the Blazers went into overtime without Jeremy Grant against the shorthanded Jazz. Jumani Kamar, eight points, um, he was really good, four steals, a block shot, like he, he plays butt off and he was good in this game. Uh, off the bench, Scoot Henderson, 17, the best game, best scoring game of his career, one of just the best all-around games of his career, even if it comes with some obvious warts. Do not breathe nine off the bench. Matisse Thibel, a productive six points, three boards, two assists, and Jabari Walker had four in his 24 minutes for the Jazz. 25 off the bench for Colin Sexton on 9 of 13 shooting. Keontae George had 21. John Collins, 17. 7 for Simone Fontecchio. 9 for Omar Yurtsevin. Uh, Oshai Baji finished with six points. Uh, 12 for Walker Kessler and eight boards to go with two blocks, and he got dunked on hilariously a couple times. Um, Tanner Horton Tucker had 14, including a big bucket in overtime on a drive. You know, um, this game came down to a couple controversial calls that I want to talk about in the second segment. It wasn't the reason why the Blazers lost, but it was also like one of the reasons that they didn't win. And I want to expand on that a little bit. I want to appreciate the dunks, and I want to talk about Shaden Sharp uh, to to close to close the show. But let let's talk about those final 90 seconds. Let's talk about some slam dunks in the second segment. Uh, join me there, won't you? Before we do it, though. Let's talk about Jace Medical. Jace Medical wants you to be prepared. They want you to have peace of mind, and they don't want 
uncertainty to be the thing that holds you back from taking care of the ones you love. That's why they have the Jace case. They want things to be okay because they want you to feel okay. Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that can treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including some respiratory infections, some skin infections, among other things. You know, if Life is uncertain. Um, you know, there are supply chain issues. There are just like, you know, maybe you're traveling and don't aren't going to be close to home. And if, if there are reasons that you would find comfort in having antibiotics on hand, Jace Medical wants to make sure that you have that comfort and you have that peace of mind. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more easy to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical.com and the offer code is LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. right let's talk about the dunks these are highlights for for many folks these are highlights for their career right Shane Sharp's gonna have a lot of these already does have a lot of these but I mentioned this in the fastest recap and I want to I want to emphasize this here by the time these dunks had happened Alaska Airlines had got their money they'd already been paid and what I mean by that is the Blazers have a promotion for the dunk of the night presented by Alaska Airlines and they got to run it before crunch time like it happens from you know from the first three quarters basically halfway through the fourth quarter that's the ad read or that's the ad that they do on air Alaska Airlines got a little steal nice uh, double team in the backcourt steal and and a soft lay-in dunk for Scoot Henderson it's not really nice highlight I'm sure Alaska Airlines gonna be happy to have it I'm happy for them happy happy for the good folks the friendly skies that might not be them might be mixing up my airlines, but you you rarely see these level of dunks with the game on the line. But the Blazers, around the three minute mark, you know, uh, Chauncey Billups uses his user lose a timeout with like three seventeen left. It, it, you can't carry more, more than two timeouts under three minutes. Chauncey had four, so he went ahead and used one. Um, so he he uses his timeout. They set up an ATO, and it's a, a movement set that basically clears out the side to get Shaden Sharp into a dribble handoff with DeAndre Ayton. Let him go to work. Like I like the play because it's not a straight pick and roll. It's not like a, a thing that is going to um, rely on three different cuts to set it up, and then you've got one look at it like... It's an option play, and then you get a two-man game, and you just say, hey, you, you two go to work. Like, you can, the handoff is supposed for you to, you know, you come up from the corner and take the handoff, but then you can make a decision. You can re-screen and re-screen and all those things, right? Like, it's it's simple action to set up a uh, whole side of the floor for, you know, your, one of your most dynamic playmakers and your big man to have room to operate. So they run the dribble handoff. Shane Sharp comes up from the corner, takes the handoff. Doesn't work right away for him to get free, so uh, they try to re-screen. DeAndre Ayton classically makes zero contact on the screen, but De- but Shea doesn't need a ton of contact on this particular screen because Walker Kessler, a wonderful shot blocker, is way back off the screen. He's playing drop coverage, and he's playing center field, and he's saying, I'm going to catch you at the rim. 
So I'm not going to come up high because I don't want to get blown by. Like I can guard a little bit in space, but like where I'm effective is being around the rim. And Shaden Sharp sees that the, the big is back and eats up the space right away. It's a key part of attacking drop coverage. Eat up the space immediately. Don't, don't dilly-dally. If you snake and wait, you are just allowing the defender to get back to you. So he attacks hard. And he attacks hard middle. The, the handoff is for him to get to the middle of the floor. But he has to attack with his left hand, which is not his strong dominant hand. But goes takes power dribbles with his left hand, realizes he's going to have a chance to raise up, switches it back to his right as he takes off, cocks it back behind his head, and dunks on Walker Kessler through contact. Let's out a little roar. And the Blazers don't have time to really celebrate it because they're cutting into the lead to make it a six-point game. It's a heck of a dunk. A heck of a dunk. And it would have been the type of thing that was like, hey, they lost, but at least there was that dunk. But here's the thing. It's they lost, but at least there were two dunks because Tumani Kamara followed up the act. The Blazers still trying to rally for a comeback under three minutes. Now we're pushing towards the two-minute mark. Uh, they run a two-man game on on the left side. This is just a the, this isn't a set out of the timeout. This is just uh, random basketball. Now you got to read and react and play. They run a little two-man game. Tumani screens and he pops. And as Shaden Sharp drives, Shaden Sharp just dunked all over one of the best defensive players in the league. So he gets a lot of attention on his drive, even driving with his left hand again. So as he attacks and two defenders make sure to wall him off and come up, cut him off, keep him out of the paint. Shane Sharp kicks it back to Tumani Kamara, and instead of taking a three-pointer, um, and Tumani's 0 for 3 from 3 at this point. Uh, yeah, 0 for 3 from 3 at this point. And he's not a good three-point shooter. He's had some dunks, though, this season, for sure. Like, he's had some moments where it's like, dang, he's powerful. And that's what he is. He's a really good athlete. He uses his length well. He's a very functional athlete. Like, it's not like he, there's nothing sneaky about Tumani Kamara's athleticism. You see it because he's strong and he's quick and he's bouncy, right? Like, he dunks in, tip dunks. Um, but he's mostly cut from the corner, like wide open baseline from the corner, dunk it quickly before anyone comes. This is from the wing. So you've got defenders on either side of you and someone meeting you at the rim. Like, it's a straight line drive, like a corner drive, but um, there's help from multiple spots. It isn't just like, hey, if I beat him here, there's only one place you can come from when I'm going to cram it. This is like, I better go quick because they can, you know, dig in and help and all of those things. And Tumani, uh, Tumani's a lefty. He drives towards the left side of the rim, but it's basically a straight line attack from the left wing. Puts it in his right hand. Uh, Lamar Hurd said on the broadcast that Tumani prefers to dunk with his right hand. And I'm inclined to believe him because as he cocks it back, he dunks all over Walker Kessler too. Oh, man. Salute to Walker Kessler. You know what happens to people who try to block shots? They get crammed on. <laughs> Some of the best dunk highlights of all time are on shot blockers. Uh, the, the Vince Carter lean back on Alonzo Mourning. The Michael Jordan finger wag on Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, Patrick Ewing getting crammed on by, by Scottie Pippen. If you try to block shots, and I guess if you're a Georgetown center from the 80s, uh, it, like it... You are gonna, you're going to get dunked on. Walker Kessler stands in there all brave-like because he's a good defensive player. And bravery is commendable. But bravery often ends with you on the wrong end of a highlight, baby Walker Kessler. That thing is forever. That is forever. You had 30 seconds that are forever. 
forever, my man, and I'm happy for you. But that's a lifetime. You get to have that. You will always have the 30 seconds in Salt Lake City when you got crammed on twice by Shaden Sharp and then Tumani Kamara. Came at you from both sides. Let's get, let's get it driving from the right wing. Let's get it driving from the left wing. Welcome to the rim. I'll meet you there. Too bad. Get crammed on. And the most important thing about this is these dunks mattered. Single-digit game. Clock ticking under three minutes. Trying to rally from down 11 in the final seven minutes of the fourth quarter. And you're throwing down highlight dunks against a shot blocker. What a freaking what a freaking way to finish this one. And then and then Malcolm Brogdon hits a huge three with 40 seconds left and they hold on to win. And then Tamani Kamara blocks a game-saving block at the buzzer. Like, talk about a lot of fun. Even against the shorthanded jazz, even a game the Blazers absolutely like this version of the Blazers absolutely could have won. The blocks are like the blocks might be worth it. They might or the dunk, excuse me, might be worth it. Because that was truly enjoyable. Um, you know, you like, I think for the most part, unless the um you're a big time Alex Saar fan and you believe the Blazers absolutely have to lose as much as possible in order to win the lottery and that if they would be poisoned should they win game 31 on the year uh, and not lose, you know, uh, 60 times. But like, yeah, it's it would have been nice to get a win, but it really came down to the final 90 seconds of OT. Like the Blazers were right in it. They were right in it. Um, and tie ball game. Just under 90 seconds left in overtime, skipping ahead, skipping ahead a little bit after the dunks. Blazers come back and tie it, and, and, and you, get to, you get to a tie ball game in OT. And Malcolm Brogdon gets a steal in the backcourt, hounding steal in the backcourt, and comes in and just smokes a layup. Kind of lost it on the way up, just like didn't have it clean in his hand. It's on his right hand, like it's not, it, it was unguarded, like he just smoked it, he just just smoked it, it happens sometimes, but... Um, just just missed a point blank unguarded lay, overtime layup stinks but it it, it kind of is what it is you know like it's just it's the unluckiness of playing basketball and Shane Sharp ra- uh, crashes really hard to try to get the ball back because he knows tie ball game he's been playing great and Shane's been taking over I'll talk about this in a, in a second he's been really assertive in the like when he came back which I love to see I love to see you say like okay the t- it's time to win give me the ball like that's that's the progression you really want to see from Shaden Sharp um and he any and he tries to just crash the offensive glass and he bumps into Colin Sexton and they call a over the back foul but it happens kind of chaotically like it's unclear exactly what happened and if it's a foul or the ball's out of bounds at least on the Blazers broadcast I didn't I didn't watch the Jazz broadcast I watched the Blazers um, it's, it's kind of unclear what happened and it seems to me uh, they didn't show the inbound play on the Blazers broadcast but it seems to me the Jazz went quickly um, or tried to go quickly go 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 like tie ball game don't don't let them don't let them think about it but the Blazers have to they have to take a timeout and challenge there Chauncey's got two left under two minutes in OT in a in a um, in a tie ball game if you have a challenge what other t- like what other opportunity would that then possession in a tie game with a minute left live. I will say that I thought Shaden Sharp crushed him, right? I thought, I thought Shaden Sharp just ran right up his back and ran through him and it was a foul and it was obvious. And maybe that's what Chauncey Billups saw from his angle as well. I'm watching on TV, like I'm on a couch, but like, um, from the live angle, from the broadcast, I thought Shaden Sharp absolutely just hit him. And I was like, dang, that stinks. It happens. All right, you know they got to play defense and and you know still tied with with a minute and twenty left. Like you can win the game, but um, they 
they showed the replay on the Blazers broadcast, and he didn't make a ton of contact with him. He didn't. He just didn't. W- would they change it on the on the review? I don't know. When they looked at it in the last two minute report, they said it was the right call. So maybe they don't. Maybe they go back and they say no. This this is the contact here, but. You you know if you got it you got it you can that's a challengeable call it's it's a whistled foul in the final two minutes like you can you have two time at the time Billups had two timeouts like I think you just have to take it and and twirl that finger I think you got to go for it you might lose and you might and and whatever like that might be the end it's it's not going to be the end of the game but it might be you know you might value the timeouts a little bit but I can't imagine a scenario it's, it seems I can it seems pretty easy actually to imagine a scenario I take that back I can easily imagine a scenario where you'd want a challenge um, in the final minute of an overtime game but that's as good as there had been to that point and um, you do not get to take them with you so I thought that should have been challenged. Again, I think they might have lost, right? Like if the league reviewed it in the last two minutes report and they lost, I will say the last two minute report and the reviews in arena don't always jive. There's a certain nuance, shall we say, to to the end of to to the way that the plays are reviewed. And I think um, asking refs to look at it is that's just the job. You got to make them look at it. They don't, um, and then. Utah scores and you get the Blazers come the other way and they kind of take their time. They take their time and they get Shaden Sharp into a full 1-4 flat ISO. Um, you know, they had run a bunch of good stuff. Uh, they were running this horn set. They ran it three straight times down the floor. Once they got a dunk, once they got a three, and then the third time they ran it, Shaden Sharp passed up a three that he should have taken and it was a shot clock violation. But like they were running some like good, you know, I, I've, I've, I've mentioned this a bunch in the programs. Like I wish they'd ran better stuff in, in late in games. They were running good stuff in this one. This was a play that had options that had reads that, that set up that flowed into uh, a shot for Shane Sharp or a post up for DA or a pick and roll off of that. Like it had, it had options. It had reads. It had, it, you know, there's four different things you could run out of the same action. They ran it three times down the floor and they got, you know, a lamp and two threes, except they just didn't take one of the threes. So it was good stuff. But then they run ISO and I'm, I'm thinking as the clock's running, it's taking too long and it's Shaden Sharp ISO is just like, it's like, it's fine, but that's not high level. It's not, he's not like this high level isolation scorer at this point in his career. Um, and he gets himself all the way into the paint, drives right into contacts and in uh, Omar Yurtsevin's chest. Uh, and on the replay, it looked like he got hacked looked like he got hacked live it was one of those where it was like wow that was a lot of contact but maybe he went vertical like i didn't i wasn't screaming like foul well i was watching by myself so i probably wasn't gonna scream anyways but i will say i was like it was a it was a bunch of contact in there but he thought oh maybe that's vertical they show the replay on the on the blazers broadcast and it's he like yurtsevin came down across his arms that seems like a foul seems like he got fouled a little bit behind at least it was very physical behind from keontae george um the last two minutes report said it was clean you can't challenge a no call. You just got to live with that one. Uh, Blazers down two. I thought it was a tough no call. A tough no call. You know, you got a foul. Then you got to, then things got to get, you know, down two with, he drove with about 30 seconds left. Um, you know, it's 38 seconds left. Maybe when he, when he started, it started his attack. Like if you don't score there, you're in scramble and they were in a scramble and they end up losing. It's tough. Um, I will say this, two things, and, and um, we'll close up the show here in the third segment talking Shane Sharp and a little bit of Jeremy Grant. Um, the Blazers didn't lose the game because of those foul calls. 
but it was harder or because of those calls, the, the, the foul and then the no foul. They didn't lose the game because of those fouls. Certainly was harder to win because of them. I, can I just offer this too? If you ever have a friend who's like, I don't like to talk about the refs or I don't like to complain, you know me, I don't like to complain about the refs and then they start complaining about the refs. That person loves complaining about the refs. I generally don't. The Blazers shot 32% from three in this game. Um, you know, 40% from the field overall. They, you know, they, they lost this game because they were down double digits with seven minutes left and they had to rally to come back. And when you have to rally to come back, you put yourselves in a one possession game and one possession games are coin flips because there's things like a shot clock violation that just didn't get it off in time and bad foul calls that go your way. Like it's just, it's just the luck of things. Um, but certainly these two calls had an impact on the game and then the league said that they were both correct. So what are you going to do? Okay, let's talk Shaden, or excuse me, let's talk Scoot Henderson and uh, some th- some closing thoughts on on the Jeremy Grant um, thing real quick to close the show and 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 Shane Sharp takeover mode. I'll mention that as well. Uh, we got a, we got a couple things to wrap up in that final segment. So join me there. First, let's talk FanDuel America's number one sports book. That's all they're doing is they're just the number one spot to get your action on whatever sports action you want to get in on. Plus they want to give you a little bit of free money. So go to fanduelcom slash locked on to take advantage of this offer. The offer as it stands, you bet $5 on any money line bet, five bucks, put five bucks on any money line bet. That's a team to outright win. That's what the money line is. If you're new to the, to the world of sports wagering, then once you win, once you get your money line pick right, you know, pick a heavy favorite. Pick any heavy favorite. $5 on any heavy favorite to go ahead and win. They give you $150 in bonus bets to play around with. So then you don't have to bet on the money line. You can bet on everything from player props to over-unders. You can live bet games. You can put together your most elaborate parlay you've ever believed in. You got $150 in bonus bets to play with. So you can kind of take some wild risks. It can be a whole bunch of fun. So if you want to have a whole bunch of fun, Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Let's close up. I'll do my quickest thoughts into my slightly longer ones. My quickest thoughts. Jeremy Grant got injured. Jeremy Grant struggled in this game. One of nine from the field. Didn't make a field goal until the 942 mark of the fourth quarter. Um, started 0 for 9. Or excuse me, started 0 for 8. Like just, just, just a tough Jeremy Grant game. The fact the Blazers were in it. At the when Grant had was playing the way he has, oh five from three, you know, made his free throws, seven of seven, and was getting to the line. But um, the fact that they were in it on a night where Jeremy plays like that, because they've relied on him a bunch this year just to be that steadying offensive presence and kind of just like to soak up possessions. Like, hey, we don't know what we're doing. Can you take a bad nineteen footer? And he's like, I can, and I'll even make about half of them. Um, so you know they're, they're hanging in the game despite Jeremy struggling, and then he goes up for a rebound against uh, Yurtsevin in the fourth quarter with about an eight. 25 left is in my notes about eight and a half minutes left um he fouled him like he fouled the heck out of him too on the play uh but they show the replay a couple times like dang jeremy grant grabbed him but um he uh they go up for the board and yurtsevin's head comes back he leans back while grant is kind of grabbing him and his head goes into jeremy grant's like face jaw cheek area and grant falls back um falls down and looks like he's in bad shape looks like he got hit in the head and then he leaves 
and um, does not return in overtime. And the Blazers, as I'm recording this, it is 2.54 p.m. on a Sunday, have not released any information about his medicals. And it's just a bad look. It's a bad look to have someone have a head injury. Jeremy Grant had two concussions last year. It is a bad look for someone to have a some sort of head-related trauma playing an NBA basketball game and not mention it. It's bad. I mean, there's nobody there. Like, I'll just like, let's let's just... Uh, the Blazers media is d- doesn't really travel with this based on sort of the length of this road trip and the timing of this road trip and the, the quality of the team, quite frankly, and the, like the state of sports media and what the, what folks, what businesses are willing to spend money on. So there's nobody there. Like the, the only media on the ground was, was Brooke Olsendam. And Brooke's job is not to grill the team about freaking player safety. Um, that's why you need independent media covering the team on the road. But um, to me, it's a bad look to have Jeremy Grant suffer um, some sort of head trauma that caused him to leave the game and not even just to tweet out, Jeremy Grant undergoing further testing, questionable to return. Like the Blazers, they use, why I say tweet is they use um, Twitter to put their uh, medical updates out there. If I missed it, I apologize, but I have not seen it. And I find that to be the lack of transparency in general with Blazers and injuries has been, we'll call it, a newsworthy thing over the last year and to do this with something like this seems bad to me seems bad i would <laughs> i would do it differently okay let's uh let's be a little more positive after i complained i just want to make sure my point is out there i thought scoop henderson played the best game of his young career um you know i thought he played really 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 well in the um bench bench minutes to, to end the third and particularly begin the fourth against the cavaliers as the blazers uh, mounted a late comeback in cleveland um this game he was he was better like he was better than that 17 points um five boards three assists, just turn the ball over a couple times. You know, he still doesn't shoot well. Like, he, like it, it is what it is. He's 6 of 15 from the floor. He's 4 of 10 from two. Even during a really nice stretch of the uh, of the third quarter where he scored eight points and, and eight of his 17 came in that third quarter and he had, he had a corner three, he had a drive. He missed two layups. One really hard that is maybe like a challenging shot. And another one, he just like just needs better touch around the rim like that's that's a that's going to be a thing he develops into but what i like about the way scoot has played the last two games is that you can tell he is playing with purpose i feel like early on in his very early on in his nba career like his first couple games he was just playing at 100 miles an hour for the sake of playing at 100 miles an hour it was just like he didn't have you know the 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 real skill is to go zero to 100 to 71 to 12 to 100 again to to, to 85 to 100 again like to, that change of pace and like to knowing when to fully you know throttle it and and when to pull back and and deceleration is such an incredibly important skill for the best players in the league um it's and, and scoot just didn't have that he only had the acceleration portion of the program i think he's playing more purpose now playing more confident like he looked confident in this game the offense might like the shooting might not be there this season. That might not be a thing. Uh, but I think um, driving with drive, you know, he's a hard right hand driver. He's trying to finish around the rim with his right hand. T- to know that like they know that you're also trying to get a, a scooping right handed shot off and, and score. Like I thought, Scoot looked really like I thought. Scoot looked like he was knew knew where and what he wanted to do in this game more so than he has. And that's like that's the baby steps you want to see from him. And still just like. Like, I don't mind him missing pull-ups. Like, whatever, you know? Like That's like, going to be part of his growth. But it's the kind of, like, get in too deep and have to take a really hard layup that you wish that he could, you know, do one less of those a game. Um, but I think he's really... 
I, I think this isn't, this was more than I, I've, I've talked about baby steps with Scoot. This is more than a baby step. This was like a legitimate step in the right direction because played with purpose. Um, and, you know, they needed him. They, he had 17 off the mention. They needed him. And, and frankly, the efficiency stuff is an important thing to kind of circle for the overall growth of Scoot Henderson. But when he's playing out there in lineups where it's just him and Jeremy Grant to open the fourth quarter, like Scoot needs to shoot. Like he needs to be the one who creates and scores. And he did for the most part. And then he had some great passes, two excellent passes that led to fouls, one to do and one to Matisse Thibel. Uh, if you're on my coaching staff, you are tracking passes that lead to fouls. Those are, those are free throw assists. We are, we're putting them in the column free throw assists. So I'm definitely putting those in the column for Scoot. I thought those were the one to wreath is just a great low pass in traffic, you know, drives, draws two, and lets a little like shovel pass out from his uh, from his waist that gets to Reith, and Reith gets fouled at the rim. Uh, had another you know drive and those right handed hook passes he throws to Matisse that end up getting a foul on a drive. So, yeah, I think I think Scoot's playing better, and I think this was one of them. Uh, real quick on Shaden Sharp as, as the episode's run a little long, but I'll, I'll wrap it up here. The most important part of Sharp's game today was the he gets back in the game and the Blazers are down, uh, I believe nine. And he immediately goes to work and he drives and scores. And then after he scores, like after he finishes a tough right-handed layup on, on, on in traffic and with a really nice touch on the right side, he immediately takes a step back three creating for himself. He wanted the ball and wanted to shoot it and was aggressive. And I think sometimes his aggressiveness wavers and then he's like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be aggressive. And so he takes a worse shot than he needed to. And a couple of possessions later, he passed up a three he should have taken. Um, I want... Shaden Sharp, you know, he's 9 of 20. It's not like he's hurting for field goal attempts. Uh, and he got to the free throw line four times. I want Sharp to be a ball hog, particularly down the stretch of games, because the next step for him is to be, to want to be the guy. Um, and, you know, he struggled a little bit recently, so it's, it is what it is. But, like, um, I, I really like to see him say, it's time to take over, give me the ball. And I liked in the final minute of, the, of, a t- of a, you know, down two in OT, they gave him the ball and cleared out for him and said, I bet you can get to where you want to go. And he did, and he got fouled, and they didn't call it. Um, that, that's To me, that's the growth from Shaden, is that sort of um, the attitude of wanting the ball when the game's on the line. He has it in him. Like he's a very competitive person. He just his his engine doesn't always rev super hot. Um when it's revving hot, you can see him he's getting texts and stuff. Like let, keep keep the RPMs up, Shaden, because um they need you. Um and and uh you're also pretty darn talented. So, you know, the whole point of this season is to figure out what kind of what the youngsters can be. So, let's have Shaden figure it out. Haven't figured it out. Okay, that's going to do it for today's show. Blazers don't play again until Wednesday. You listen to Monday, December 4th show. So we got a couple shows uh, before that. And tomorrow's show, I want to talk uh, a little bit about the Blazers' defense and the injured player exception they uh, they received for the Robert Williams being out for the season. Uh, this is a tool they can use to get better. Plus, right now they got a top 10 defense, 19 games into the season. Who knew, baby? Uh, we'll talk about all of that in tomorrow's show. Come back for that one. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.